William Francis de Silvestro IV, Billy to those who loved him most, was a 28-year-old from Hamilton, Ohio. He loved tattoos and talking about God. On February 7, 2011, he got a ride to a friend's, one he hadn't seen in quite a while. The friend claims they parted, then he went to bed. When he woke up, Billy was gone. He was never seen again. I'm Ed Denzel, and this is Unfound. Nature or nurture, genetics or environment, are our demons without or within? Are people born bad or good? Or were they raised that way? From the oldest books on psychology to the film Trading Places, humans have discussed, investigated, and studied what makes us, us. Are we are who we are because of things we can't change like genetics? Or are we moral or immoral? due to what's happened to us since we were born. I'm no scientist, but it's probably a combination of both. And on Unfound, we hear persons of interest who might have caused someone to disappear for either reasons of their nature or their nurture. And what about those people we know who change under very specific circumstances? They are wonderful people, measurably so, but they do a kind of Jekyll and Hyde for unpredictable reasons. And the opposite. Those people who we think are horrible, who then show depths of compassion the rest of us didn't think possible. Can something like those occasions be a combination of both nature and nurture? I bring this up because Billy D. Silvestro was a good guy. He had friends and a family who loved him. But Billy had a problem. Alcohol. He would be a totally different person while drinking, to the point where nobody wanted to be around him. It got him in trouble several times, but without it, he was everybody's best friend. So, was he a good guy or a not-so-good guy? I guess it just depended on when you encountered him. But even so, as much as Billy's demon was alcohol, could it have been another demon, a sentient one, that caused him to disappear? And now, summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Goodsight, charlieproject.com. Org. In the months leading up to his disappearance, Billy was in the battle of his life against his alcohol addiction. In fact, he had pretty much beaten it. To replace it, he found a much healthier habit, P90X, working out relentlessly and the people around him noticed the change. However, in the days before his disappearance, Billy seemed to have fallen back into the clutches of alcohol and was hating himself for it, locking himself in his room out of the sight of his mother and grandmother. But on February 7th, 2011, Billy ventured out to see a friend of his, Brian Ketchum. But that day, Billy lied to his family about where he was going. And it wasn't until the next day, when Brian called Billy's mother to say that Billy left his phone at Brian's house, that Billy's mother found out about Billy's lie. Brian claimed he fell asleep, and when he woke up, Billy was gone. Billy was never seen again. Complicating the investigation of this case is the fact that Billy made some enemies over the years while drunk. 
also. Brian's house was known to be one where people would hang out to get drugs. And Billy, if he did walk out into the Ohio night, did not bring the proper clothing to survive the elements. His case remains unsolved. The interview for this episode is with Billy's mother, Debbie Estes. Unfound news. Losing loved ones. It is pretty much the exclusive topic on Unfound. This past week, we suffered a loss in our family. My biological mother, Suzanne Joyce. So I've been in Pennsylvania since March 21st. She was 88 years old. And although I have my own mother, Loretta Densel, Suzanne was my biological mother. She gave me up for adoption in 1970. I finally got to meet her, my biological father, and my brothers and sister in 1994. And it's been pretty wonderful ever since. Suzanne was diagnosed with cancer a year ago. She lived on her own until just a couple weeks ago when she took a turn for the worse. She passed at my sister's house on March 20th. She will be missed. I hope you will keep my family, especially my brothers and sister, in your thoughts and prayers. Next, did you read the Tribune Review article about the disappearance of Terry Sloggenhop in 1991 that came out this past Sunday? I got to actually read the print edition since it came out while I was in Pennsylvania. Stephen Huba once again did a great job. I hope you will go to triblive.com to read the story. Finally, I need to thank a listener. Her name is Alexis, who noticed a true crime best of list that came out recently and Unfound wasn't on it. She took it upon herself to get other listeners to write the website to, well, uh, voice their disapproval. Thanks to all of you. I'm too busy to pay attention to the many lists that come out on a monthly basis. But if there is going to be a movement to get unfound on best of lists, I hope they are like this one. Very grassroots and from the heart. Once again, Alexis, thank you. Where you can find Unfound. Unfound is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, Podomatic, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify. In particular, please join us on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern for the Unfound Facebook Live video show, which is hosted on the Unfound podcast page, not in the private group. The email, unfoundpodcast at gmail.com. The website, unfoundpodcast.com. Please check out the secret Stephen Kocher episode. The website at Trib Total Media, triblive.com forward slash news forward slash unfound. Unfound has Patreon and PayPal accounts. Your contributions provide for many of the items guests have received so far for free. I cannot thank all of Unfound's supporters enough. Unfound Merchandise, Volume 1 and 2 on Amazon in both paperback and ebook form. Let's try to work on getting some great reviews for Volume 2. If you've bought it, please give it a nice review. The playing cards, go to makeplaincards.com forward slash sell forward slash unfound podcast. Search for almost all unfounds cases at unfound-podcast.myshopify.com. This includes the flagship t-shirt, the first year cases, that has a collage of everyone from Suzanne Lau to Jennifer Wilkerson in it. Please check it out. And please mention Unfound on all true crime Facebook pages and other websites and forums. Thank you. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, 
the mother of Billy D. Silvestro, Debbie Estes. Debbie, welcome to Unfound. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing good today. How are you? I'm doing just fine. I said, I'm glad you're helping me. I'm very happy to do so, Debbie. You're, you're very welcome. Tell the listeners about it, what it was like to be Billy's mother. What do you remember about him as a boy? What were his interests and hobbies, things like that? Well, he came early. He couldn't wait to get out. <laughs> and uh, he, uh, he did have, they thought he had a heart murmur. He did end up having to stay in the hospital. But when he came home, he just got bigger and better and funnier. He, uh, he loved cats, even though uh, I couldn't have one because he would pull his whiskers out. Oh. But he loved cats. <laughs> Uh, he loved tinkering with anything when he was a baby. Uh, he loved putting stuff on his head. I don't know why he loved things on his head. Uh, one of his favorite games, which is ironic, was hide and seek. He loved to hide from me. He thought it was so funny for me to run around looking for him. Uh-huh. As he got older, uh, he got into uh, wrestling. Uh, he loved Jimmy Fly Snuka. He would get up on top of the bed and just jump, Jimmy Fly Snoop and belly flop fun. right on his bed. I mean, that just, he just loved it. He loved watching Sesame Street. That was another one of his favorite things to watch when he was growing up. Uh, he loved uh, sports when he was younger. He played uh, little pro football for New Miami. Um, he was really good at that. Uh, he played both uh Offense and defense. He was better at defense. He liked tackling. Uh, That's where he got his nickname, Billy D. His name's Billy D. Silvestro. And the announcer could never say his name. (laughs) And so he would say, tackled by Billy D. (laughs) So that's where he got his nickname, Billy D. Uh, Mm He uh, loved reading books. I've never seen a kid that... I mean, he loved books about not just like comic books and stuff like that. He liked to read real good books, serious books. He also liked to read the Bible uh, when he was young. He loved church. He loved to go to church. He went there a lot when he was little with my dad. And uh, he just, uh, he amazed me how much he loved the library. I was always dropping him off at the library. As he got older, he would even call me up and ask me, a book I would always need from the library. He'd always get it for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was just a joy. He he always wanted to learn anything, and, and he would be right there watching anything just to learn it. He was a great cook. I mean, he could make some really good chili better than me. Uh, he liked to bake uh, peanut butter cookies. Uh, and I love chocolate those. Chocolate cookies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have his one, two, three peanut butter cookie recipe we make every Christmas. Um, and we have a chili recipe that we keep that he was just so good at. But he was a really good cook. I mean, he just kind of flourished in anything he liked to do. Um, Did he have any brothers or sisters? He, uh, he has a, a, a brother. That's my son, Dusty. Uh, and then he has a, bro- a brother and sister through his father. Uh, Bernadette, uh, Bernadette and uh, Michael. 
Yeah. Now, Bernadette, he's never met. Um, he knew about her through uh, when he got a, an account on Facebook. He uh, started looking up Diesel Vestros so he could kind of communicate with his dad's side of the family. And he found a cousin that was trying to connect him with his sister. But he did talk to his brother, Michael, a few times and stuff and connected with him a little bit through Facebook. So they were like uh, half brothers, half sister, half brother, half sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then Dusty was his full brother? Uh, No, me and Dusty's his half brother, too. Oh, okay. Uh, Dusty's my firstborn, and uh, Billy and Dusty are best friends. They're six years apart, but they're best friends. They've done everything together. Billy always looked up to Dusty. Dusty played music, uh, which is another thing Billy always liked to do. He liked to play the guitar. And Dusty could sing, could play by ear, but Billy wanted to learn how to play him by the notes and the real way to play it. He had to do everything. like He was kind of a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And they both would sing and play. I got videos of them singing with each other. And Billy liked to dance and stuff. He... Uh, he loved music. He he loved Corn. Was his favorite rock band. Uh, his favorite country singer is Kenny Chesney. Did he work? He, uh, did yeah, he, he did work. He worked. Uh, um, and he's worked different jobs. He he worked at a, a grocery store stocking and stuff for a while. He uh, worked at Taco Bell for a while. He worked at rallies for a while. As just fast food places. Uh, then uh, he, when he got with this one girl, he uh, her family was in construction, so he started doing siding and hanging gutters, which he was really good at that. He, he That's what he basically ended up doing. Um, he uh, did that for many, many years. was very good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what, uh, when he, before he left, though, he was having seizures and Let's talk about so, that. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the seizures. When did they start? Uh, why do you think they happened? Well, when he was young, he had seizures, like when he was, say, like seven or eight, somewhere around there. Like if he got hot or overheated, he would have them. And uh, they just said that they would probably go away when he was little. Uh, they never did figure it out or you know, I didn't see nothing wrong with him. And he never had him again, as far as I know. I mean, until he he was drinking, he started drinking a whole lot. And I, I I'm starting to think it was like alcohol related. Well, he was on a job site one time and he got electrocuted, and it seemed like the seizure started after that. Now that could have been the cause of it. Um, he, I mean, he he got thrown off a scaffold. He hit the aluminum ladder with electric line. And I'm thinking the seizures might've started triggered after that. But I do know from him being in, uh, like some, like through a rehab a few times, he would have multiple seizures coming off alcohol. Like he was in an ICU for a week once. And, uh, he seizures like 33 times coming off alcohol. Well, how would they manifest themselves? What would happen? His body would shake. I mean, afterwards, would he remember them that they happened? Or what were the the effects and the after effects when that would happen? Well, um, he he would be, his mind wouldn't be clear at first. Uh, 
he would be like when he was having a seizure, he would shake. He like went into the grandma ones they call where they he would hit the floor. Like first he would walk around and you could kind of see something wasn't right with him. But he would eventually hit the ground and shake, and I'd have to you know make sure he don't swallow his tongue. But until the ambulance come. But uh, afterwards, like sometimes he would have mild ones where we didn't call the ambulance, and he would be kind of childlike. He never forgot who he was or nothing like that, but it seemed like it took a lot out of him, you know, every time he had a seizure. But he he just seemed like more like a baby, kind of. But it wasn't for, like, a long period of time. He kind of he snapped out of it. It was just, like, right afterwards. Okay. Would you say that these uh, were... Could they, I mean, I realized that if he had had one on a, on a ladder, fall off, of course, that could be very life-threatening. Would you say that these seizures could be life-threatening, or were these just something that came up and then they'd go away once in a while? No, they would be life-threatening. They uh, could be. Somehow, from him going to, uh, just to the hospital and stuff, they figured out over and over, I mean, he went many times over years with this seizure thing. Uh, they, I mean, they tried putting him on different medicine, but they figured out 50 milligrams of Dilantin kept him from having a seizure, but he never would follow through with none of the rest of the stuff. But, uh, so that's what he took, 50 milligrams of, uh, Dilantin a day. And that kept him from having a seizure. And, and he never had one for a long time unless he drank on them. Now, if he drank on that Dilantin, it, it made him have a seizure. Let's talk about his drinking a little bit, being that uh, you uh, brought it up, and um, we're not going to hit this uh, too hard. Uh, we're, you know, we're not going to go deep, deep, deep into a person's private life or anything like. But it could be a factor in his disappearance, so we have to talk about it. When did you first notice that maybe Billy had some alcohol problems? Well, I know he he's drank since you know, like I would say he's eighteen. He probably drank before then, but I know that he's, he, he would drink beer and stuff. Um, when he started like doing more construction work and around other people, I noticed he was drinking and he started like going to the bars and stuff when he got a little bit older. He uh, was drinking whiskey a lot and drinking. I mean, and then I thought, and then sometimes when I would see him from a job, he would be drinking even on the job. You know what I mean? I think. Uh, he just drank all day long beer, but the whiskey he would drink after work and it would just, I mean, he would drink so much that he did not ever know who he was. I mean, he, he got really, just really bad. I, I mean, he would, I mean, he wasn't like some people would go out and have a couple drinks. He was one of those people that shouldn't ever even have a drink cause he couldn't stop. So he was an, and, he was an alcoholic and. Uh, you've told me that, you know, he seemed like a, a decent guy, uh, you know, wanted to read and go to the library and everything. But when he was on alcohol, he was a totally different person. Totally different. And um, beer at first, not so, you know, he wasn't too bad. But if you had put that whiskey and him drink that, I mean, he turned into a whole different person. I mean, he, he could be scary. I mean, I've thought of this. I mean, I mean, he was mean. He. I mean, he would tear stuff up. I mean, he could be really terrible, I mean, when he was drinking. And, I mean, I, I knew that he was a bad alcoholic whenever I when I, I figured out he was drinking mouthwash. 
with oh. alcohol. We couldn't buy that no more. So, I mean, he was really bad, and he knew it, too. I, I, I videotaped him so because I, I, he would never believe how he would act. And I was always scared that he would do something and he would wake up and not know what he did, you know. Or I, I was always scared that somebody would be scared of him and do something to him. I mean, I, I know, you know, he was drinking when he left here. But he was straight. He got straight. I, I videotaped him, which at first that I thought got him for a minute, but he went out on another good binge. But he somehow got a hold of a book about Tony Horton's P90X book, and he started reading about this, and I don't know what that man said to him, which, since I read it, it was basically the same thing I was telling him, but he, this man got to him, and, and my son just took his out his addiction for alcohol and turned it into working out. And, I mean, he lived up here with my mom. My dad passed away, come up here so she wouldn't be alone, and he knew to get off alcohol, he had to get away from everything. And he was doing really good. I mean, he couldn't do construction no more. He was straight. He actually even got a job down here at uh, Lowe's for a little while. But he had seizures and stuff again uh, one other time because he went off the wagon one other time after this P90X thing started. And that caused him to lose that job. But he got right back on it. And he was doing very good until he went missing. <laughs> and when do you so when he, do you think that he? I, I mean, I remember when P ninety X was a big thing. Um, would you say this was around two thousand nine, two thousand ten that he happened upon that workout? Two thousand ten. Yeah, I mean, he knew about the workout before then, but that's when he he did it. He started it like when I said he when he first started it. He went off the wagon a couple times. But he finally just committed fully. Hmm. So, yeah, this was, you know, it was about four months, I'd say, before he went missing. He was really, I mean, I could tell he was really doing it, too, because when he was really bad on alcohol, I mean, he had the dark circles under his eye. He was he was pale. I knew his liver, I, I just knew his liver was bad. But when he got healthy, he was eating healthy, uh, I mean, he always did love salads and stuff like that. Anyway, he was, he would, he could eat anything. He wasn't a picky eater and he, he, his skin color, everything. Uh, it, it just, I could tell he was serious. Just changed. I mean, even his mind, the clarity of his mind, you know what I mean? How he was thinking about things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was really proud of him. I, I, I'm like, I, I was amazed how he did this himself, you know? <laughs> You had told me also, though, that the alcohol did have an, a, an effect that maybe couldn't be reversed, and he had it come upon a bad liver because of this. Right. It, I mean, I was scared of his liver, his liver. I mean, he never did find out anything like that. You know what I mean? I just assumed that just by how he looked. I, I just said, you're killing yourself. I mean, because he would, back when he drank, I mean, it was every day. He would drink, I mean, abundance. Wasn't just a couple abundance, mm. but I, but dr- drinking anything, any trouble he's ever been in is because of drinking. Mm. Any fight he's ever been in, it's been because of drinking. When he got his teeth broke out, two t- front teeth, it was because he was drinking. I mean, it's all of it. It's all because of alcohol. Straight sober, uh, my son was. Uh, 
a wonderful person. Uh, he would do anything for anybody. He would help anybody. Uh, he would do siding on people's houses just to be doing something or and help somebody build something or whatever. I've had so many stories of people tell me how my son helped them and never asked for a dime. I had a woman tell me he'd give her a paycheck. It was at one of his people that he worked with in construction. He'd give her her paycheck to keep her utilities on, and she paid him back the following week. I mean, I found out all kinds of things my son has done for others. I mean, I knew he always had a good heart. He's got the best heart ever. But when he's drunk, it was totally different. That happens a lot. Uh, Alcohol, although it's, of course, uh, you have to be 21 to drink, but we know a lot of people do it under 21 and everything. We and we accept it, but we re- we forget maybe uh, that how much damage it does do to people and to families. It's just not illegal drugs and things that do that, but just something we accept every day as alcohol can do that too. Oh yeah, alcohol's evil for sure. <laughs> so he was cleaning himself up, at least maybe uh, 2010, maybe he'd kind of seen the light a little bit, just like any alcoholic though, falls off the wagon once in a while, but always gets back on it. Um, trying, you know, working out, um, you know, he's, he's looking he better. Going to church too. Yeah, going to church too. But then we come What's up that? to the beginning of February, um, 2011 what was going on of course there was a super bowl um you think maybe he maybe fell off the wagon again right before he disappeared yes i do um well uh it was a friday okay february 7th was the last day billy was seen that was a monday uh, the friday before that um he had went to his brother's house and uh while he was there, I mean, he didn't drink. Um, he was concerned. Dusty and his wife had split up, and he was concerned. Dusty was sad and stuff, so he went there. And uh, everybody said he didn't drink. And I know they, he he wasn't drinking at 10 o'clock because he had walked to a store where a lady I know that owns the place. And she told me, you know, that, she had talked to him. He was straight, and she actually had a great conversation with him. But uh, I know that somewhere between 10 o'clock and, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, he drank because he had called my mother. Uh, he needed a ride home, and she told him to get a cab, and she would pay for it when he got here. So when he came home, he was drunk. And uh, I guess he – I don't know if he brought – uh, something with him from my my brother his brother's house, but anyway, Saturday morning I guess he must have drank all day, and my mom put up with it, and she finally called me, and said uh, he's been drunk all day. If he's going to continue to do this, he can't stay here no more. Uh, we've done been through this, and he's been doing so good. I can't do this no more. And I said, put him on the phone. And I said, because I didn't know he had been drinking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I said, I asked him, I said, Billy, why are, what have you done? Why are you drinking? And, you know, he's just drunk and he couldn't really give an answer. And I told him, if you're going to drink, my mom don't deserve this. She's helped you out. Uh, you're going to have to leave my mom's house if you're going to continue to drink. You can't stay there. 
I said, if not, you need to leave her alone and go to bed. My mom said that he just got off the phone and went straight to bed. <laughs> and I, whatever he was doing that day, he was just aggravating her, you know, drunk and aggravating. She just didn't want a part of it. But she said he went to bed and left her alone. Well, Sunday, I called and seen how he was doing, and my mom said that this was Super Bowl Sunday. He, She said he never came out of the room. Apparently, uh, there was no more alcohol because he had drank it all already. And uh, we couldn't, she couldn't find no alcohol nowhere. But he, he, he wouldn't come out of the room. He wouldn't even really talk to her because he was ashamed of himself. He had been straight for all these months and doing so good, and now he's woke up and felt guilty and ashamed of himself. He didn't want to talk to nobody. And that was same way Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, I remember the Green Bay Packers was playing, and they won, uh, which is me and Billy love the Packers. Uh, I remember I, you know, text him uh, or Facebook him. I even sent him a picture of me and my cheesehead hat, you know. Mm-hmm. And we won, <laughs> but uh, he never, uh, I can't really remember if he responded, but he was still mad at himself. Monday morning, uh, he's still laying around in the bed. Uh, Mondays, uh, we always go to breakfast and go uh, out to shopping. I take my mom to the grocery store. Billy's always with us. Um, he wouldn't go. He... Uh, my mom just said he stayed in the bed. He wouldn't come out of there. He's, he's mad at himself. But from what I gather while we were gone, uh, he must have left and uh, went somewhere and got alcohol. Um, because, uh, well, I mean, he was here when, when we got back. Yeah. But, my, but from what I hear, uh, a friend of his must have picked him up. Uh, while we were gone and brought him back here before we got back. Let's go through that for a little bit. So you two go out. He doesn't want to go with you. Maybe, you know, he's, once you, like you said, maybe he's ashamed of himself, what he did a couple of days before that, doesn't want to maybe face you or, or whatever else. So you two go out shopping. You think that he's going to stay at home. But at some point, he leaves the house. I guess he walks somewhere, I guess, to get alcohol. And this friend of his... Uh, Justin, we're not going to use his last name. Justin found, saw him walking back and he picked him up. That's what happened. Yes. He, uh, saw him walking up the hill and he picked him up and he drove him to the end of mom's driveway. And Justin said, you know, told me that he, that he had smell of alcohol and that Billy just basically asked Justin, you know, about his, uh, relationship with God and, he wished he had a relationship with God like he did, and he wished he could overcome some of the things like Justin did, and it was kind of like a conversation like that, and then he got out of the car and came up here. Well, we come back after that, which we didn't know Billy was, had even left. When did you find out about Justin and, and that interaction that the two had? When did you find uh, out? It was probably days later. Um, okay. I can't remember how many days later, but it's because when Billy went missing, I, I I just went on Facebook and, you know, has anybody seen Billy, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and I, that's how I started looking for him, you know? And, okay. I mean, I wish I'd have started sooner, but he's a grown man. And 
you know, I just thought maybe he wanted to go off and be with a friend or, you know, me, a woman or something. <laughs> you know, he's a grown man that lived with his grandma. I yeah. didn't know what to think. Cause, I mean, Billy would tend to go off, but he never stayed gone long. He walked everywhere, too. So that's another thing that's bad about this. Billy would walk anywhere. <laughs> I picked him up in so many places. I mean, where he's gotten drunk and they throw him out of parties or, and I've always found him. I've, I've even had to go back and get his tool belt. I don't know how many times I, I find him and go back and get what he used to work with back then. I got his tool belt. <laughs> I wish I had him. <laughs> so, uh, when you came back though, you had not, you did not realize that he had been gone. I mean, how was he? Did you see him? Did your mother see him? His no, grandmother? Uh, how'd he seem? My mom. Well, uh, my mom's the one that, uh, you know, talk to him and stuff. And he, uh, of course, didn't really seem drunk. Uh, she said that he was wanting to go to a friend's house that he had connected with. And uh, he was going to walk there. And it was bad. It was snowing. It was bad out. And my mom said, you know, you can't walk. I'll just take you. So uh, he told her, you know, well, you can take me and I'll I'll come back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And We'll make taco salad. He they always made he always made her taco salad. She liked that, and he put out some ground beef. And uh, I mean, he's just acting normal, like he's going to try to you know <laughs> go yeah. back to the way it was, I guess. But so she dropped him off over by the post office on Franklin Street here in Hamilton. Where did he, he say said he was he's going? going to uh, a Mike Mike's house? Okay. I don't know if you want me to say the last name or I didn't know. Uh, well, his anyway, name, we can do that. We well, we can say his name's Mike Bowman. He was somebody that Brian or Billy knew. And yeah, um, you under, understanding was he was going to go there. That's what he told my mother um, that he was going to go there. And uh, anyway, she dropped him off and he took off walking and she came home. Well, I mean, I went home after our thing, and I did what I normally do on a Monday. I play pool. And my mom, you know, of course, thought Billy was at Mike Bowman's, you know. Yeah. And uh, anyway, about 2.30 in the morning, I got a phone call from Billy. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't hear it. So, and my mom got a phone call. Uh, she didn't get to the phone in time. And apparently he called me again. Now, this was like Tuesday right after midnight okay. on the 8th. And I didn't hear the phone. But when I woke up the next morning, I seen that he called, you know. I didn't think nothing of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 10, my mother calls me and said that she had got a phone call from from Brian. And uh, he... Uh- we need to probably uh, we need to explain probably who Brian is. So, your mother drove him over to some place where she, he dropped. She dropped him off. She, I guess, and you thought he was going to Mike Bowman's house, but he really wasn't going there. Where was it? Where did he end up? He went to uh, Brian Ketchum's house, and uh, Brian was calling my mother to tell her that uh, Billy had left his phone there. Well, he was calling to see if my son was there and to tell him. But anyway, he told my mother. My mother called me and said that Billy had left 
his phone at Brian's house. Now, mind you, Brian is my old man's brother. And I was Brian's payee for a while. And uh, I since found out, uh, after I got into Billy's Facebook, that weeks before uh, Billy went missing, that Brian had tried to get Billy to come to his house and party and stuff. And, I mean, that's basically all I know. They, I know that Billy didn't want me to know he was going to Brian's. He didn't want Brian to even say anything to me at all. Why is that? Uh, well, Brian has, is is a junkie, bad alcoholic. Uh, he's hangs around. There's people comes to his house. I'm not saying that Brian's a bad guy, but people comes to that bad comes to his house. Bill, Brian's kind of a loner. I think Billy felt sorry for him. But the first of the month when he got money, it, you know, everybody wanted to come to Brian's because Brian can, you know, give you a party. So uh, anyway, he and Billy knew I wouldn't want, want him to be in that environment and him be, trying to get straight. Yeah. So he didn't want me to know that he went there. And that was all hush-hush. That's why he said that he was going to go to Mike Bowman's instead of Brian yeah. Ketchum's. Did, did, were uh, Mike, Mike Bowman and Brian friends? Did they know each other? Uh, not they? that I no, not that I know of. I, I really don't know, but I don't think so. Okay. And when, once again, we're going to have to maybe uh, cover this maybe just uh, for a couple seconds. Um, when you say that Brian was your old man's brother, what do you mean by old fr- uh, man? Because uh, a lot of people might say old well, man. Well, they say, well, that was your father's brother. That's my not really what you mean. I guess so. Okay. Yeah, I mean my boyfriend. Uh, I, me and Jeff been together for many years, um, and uh, his parents have passed. And uh, when Brian was in prison, uh, his grandmother he was getting out. His grandmother asked me if I could would be his pay because he needed one when he got out of prison. So I figured I'd help out. I mean, I was you know part of this family, and that's why I did it. Uh, I kind of regret it because of my son ended up going there. But uh, that's, I mean, I, I've known Brian for years. I've never known Brian being mean or I've always seen people pick on Brian, you know. I really don't know. I mean, he tells me that, uh, that him and Billy just drank and played cards and messed with the computer um, and that he passed out around midnight and... uh when he woke up, Billy had covered him up and locked the door, and he left. He was gone. He left his phone. And that's Brian's story, and that's what he's always told me. That's what he said for I the mean, last he, he, uh, six and a half years. That's been his over, or I should say yeah. uh, over six years. That's what he said. Over seven yeah. years now. Over seven yeah. years. Okay. Seven years. He's uh, um, he's never changed it. Uh He's had polygraphs that are inconclusive, but he, he, he does have some mental problems. Um, but uh, that's that's really all I know. Okay. From there, Billy is off the face of the earth. He's gone. Let me ask you some questions, uh, Debbie. Um, so you knew Brian for a long time. I mean, before February 2011, several years, maybe even a decade or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've known him for a while. I mean, I okay. I knew him like years ago because when I bartended, like he hung around with the this one group that used to come in. I knew him then, uh, you know, uh, and then I knew him when I got with his brother. Uh, but I, you know, like I said, Brian's never been like a troublemaker or I mean, he's anything he's ever done to himself. I mean, he's always done to himself. But uh, you know, he's I do know he's. He drinks a lot, and he loves to shoot up drugs. Okay. So, but, but right. I mean, that's basically all I know about him. I never really, you know, went to, I just brought him money and made sure he had food to eat, and that's, I just never dreamed of my son going to his house, really. <laughs> and how far would you say that Brian uh, lived away from you or your mother's, Billy's grandmother's? How far was that? In minutes? Uh, from my mom's house, probably like 15 minutes. Okay. And do you know... About 20 or 25 from mine. Okay. And do you know... Um, the? Could you even guess the last time that Billy had even been over to Brian's? You've already said that Brian was trying to get Billy to come over to party together or whatever. But um, do you even know the last time Billy had even been there? Well, Billy, as far as I know, has never been to that apartment. Okay. Now, when he lived at, at, on Highland, Billy uh, was with me when I brought Brian food and helped me carry a computer in for him, brought a computer to him. Um, that's whenever Billy said, you know, I'll help you with a Facebook account and Twitter, and he could do that, you know, set it up and then just, you know, send him a password and then do, you know, computer, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. And, uh, and that's basically, you know, they talked online, I know. I don't know how much or nothing, but I do know they talked online. I mean, they commented on each other's stuff. and But I, I mean, as far as, like, you know, inbox messenger, I, I don't know how much they communicated. But I really didn't think they, they only communicated kind of online through, like, you know, if somebody shared something or something. But we, should really be, we should be clear, though, that Brian was quite a bit older than Billy. They were not, yeah. they didn't, it's not like they went to high school together or anything. I um, mean, he no. was, what, 15 years older, something like that, or older? Yeah. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I was Billy, when he, so, Billy, when he disappeared, he was 28, and Brian was probably in his early 40s, if not mid 40s. Yeah, I would say he's around 40. Around yeah. 40. Okay. And, I, I'm not really sure exactly how old, how okay. old he is. Okay. And um, so Br- Billy goes there. Of course, the next day he's gone. Brian allegedly doesn't know what has happened. Uh, but there is Brian's phone there. Um, when Billy called you that the next morning, early morning, that would be now February 8th, uh, did he leave any message, or did he leave a message for you or your mother as to come pick him up or anything like that? Did he leave a message? Um, I never, uh, I I never heard no messages. Uh, my mom now she listened, and she said she could hear music and banging and loud music, but she deleted it and because she just didn't because she knows Billy liked to play music and stuff and. She just never thought, you know, that something bad was happening, you know, and she just deleted it. But that's what she heard. I I never heard anything. 
So he never said anything. There was no talking. It was like maybe it could be that Billy tried calling and he stayed on there long enough for the the, the voicemail to pick up and it he just was waiting there. When he figured out nobody's picking up, he hung up and bit what the phone caught was stuff in the background, you know, music wherever he was, at Brian's or wherever. Yeah, there was nothing like that. I I, I don't remember anyway. Okay. I just think it I just know there was two phone calls to my phone from his, and 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 I just figured out my mom was in between, you know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so he, so Brian tells you that Billy's not there. Um, what do you think at this point on the next day? That would be Tuesday, February eighth, two thousand eleven. What do you think at this point that where Billy might uh, well, be? Well, my What'd mom. Well, I. When my mom told me the phone was there, a bad feeling come over me. I mean, it was just a bad feeling I had. And uh, then as the day went on, I thought, well, he'll, he, because Billy wasn't like a phone person that, you know, kept it in your hand like people are. I, he went back and got his phone lots of times. Like a lot of people think, oh, you don't leave your phone. But he never went back. And that's what concerned me. Uh, and then I, I, I just started, I mean, I just, I really didn't know. I, he wasn't at his brother's. He didn't walk back to my mom's, you know. I I really didn't I really didn't know. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I shouldn't panic. He might be like I said, maybe he could have called a girl and she come and picked him up and so I I waited, but when nobody on Facebook would ever tell me anything about Billy and Billy just don't go away. People like people well when he goes out and drinks, he always calls for a ride home and because he, people can't handle him for a long period of time. And for him to be gone that long, it just, the longer it went, I mean, my heart, I just knew something went right. And, uh, I, I, I went and got the phone when I got from Brian and, uh, I looked through it. I, and what's weird is there wasn't like a lot of phone numbers like I thought there would be in the phone. But, I mean, I don't know if that's Billy. I don't know if somebody erased them. I really don't know, you know, but I just thought there would be more phone numbers in it. And I tried to go through and figure out who he had called and uh, stuff. And I even called a couple people that he texted, which that was like January the 30th. And, but nobody had seen Billy. Anybody that I called that was in his phone, nobody had heard from Billy or anything. Were you, uh, were so, you worried also because you thought that he was going to Mike Bowman's and he ended up at Brian's instead? Did that, was that something also that caused you to worry? Yeah, because I was afraid he would do some serious drugs because Billy, Billy, uh, wasn't a drug addict. He's an alcoholic, but if he drank a lot, he would do anything. I mean, he would trust anybody too. I mean, if he didn't want to fight you, he would love you. And he would just like, yeah, I'll go with you. You know what I mean? I mean, he could be easily guided into something. If he was straight, he wouldn't. But drunk like that, he would try anything. And that scares me. You know what I mean? I mean, did he do drugs and something happened to him? Did he drink and have a seizure and everybody freak out? Did he walk home 
I mean, did he walk to my mom's house? Did he go, you know, through the park and up the railroad tracks? Or did he cross the river? Did he go to his brother's? Did something happen on the way to each place? Uh, did something happen there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just unbelievable that somebody can just vanish like that off the face of the earth. Did Brian, when, when you saw Brian, of course, you went over to get Billy's phone. Did did you ask him? Did Brian say if there were any other people at his house that night, or did does he still insist to this day that it was just he and Billy? He insists it was just him and Billy. Uh, he just said that they sat there and played cars. He Billy was teaching things on the computer. He was watching YouTube and drinking. Said so he told me Billy wanted to go to the uh, bar and he didn't want to go to the bar. Uh, which there was a bar, like, you know, about three blocks away. Um, mm. That's all I know. <laughs> did you... Tells, I mean, I have drilled him many times, too, over this story. Uh, he tells me the same story every time. Okay. So you, at some point, figure out maybe that Billy is truly missing. Maybe, you know, that day, February 8th or February 9th. Do you file a missing p- police report? Did you organize any, you know, searches, uh, anything like that? Well, I think it was about three days later, maybe. I'm not sure exactly. Because I waited a minute because I wanted to make sh- sure he, because he's a grown man, you know what I mean? Yes. And uh, I, I, I made a police report. I had him come out here because my mom was really the last person to see Billy. So I made it here. She's sick. And so that's why I had to. Plus, the Butler County Sheriff's out here knew Billy from where he had seizures and stuff. So we brought him out here, and uh, we told him everything that we knew. And, it, you know, of course, they didn't do nothing at first. They, you know, gave a few more days. And then the detectives came, I think, like the following Monday. And we told, you know, what we knew, which they ended up, I think, like doing a flyover up and down the river. At first, at first, I don't think they believed me. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. they thought he was just a grown man that left. Maybe he wanted to just leave. I knew in my heart there wasn't. That's not true. Billy's needy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's he's mm-hmm. not going to just up and leave. And if he did leave, he's going to call you a hundred times. But he didn't have his phone. I mean, Billy would call you. Anyway, uh, so that that's what they did. They did the flyover. And uh, and they started, you know, asking who Billy knew and stuff. They did do, there's a, a rumors that Billy was, you know, something happened in Millican Woods, which is a park that's between where he went missing and my mom's house. And the railroad tracks go through it. Mm-hmm. Well, she would walk to go to my mother's house because it's just quicker than to go down the street. And um, so they did do uh, a, a cadaver dogs and stuff went all over the woods and searched that whole park area. I know, I do know they did that. And other than that, I was putting flyers everywhere. Uh, af- within two weeks after he was missing, they organized a big search and uh, about 180 people come out and uh, we searched a river, every wooded area, like around and round and uh, where he went missing from all down the river, through the neighborhoods. We put posters. I bet you I put posters on everybody's doorstep from B Street all the way to Millican Woods, all the way up Main Street, across the street. I, every, per, like, like delivering 
a newspaper. And then from there, we reached out and ended up like putting flyers all over the whole city of Hamilton. And I did that forever, ever. I did that. They were getting tore down as quick as I was getting, putting them up. Would this river have been something that Billy passed between walking, if he did, if he walked to your house or your mother's house, or where is this river in relation to where he was and where you live and anything else? Uh, the river was two blocks from where he went missing. Now, going if he went back to my mom's house, he wouldn't have crossed the river. If he would have went to, like, to Dusty's house, he would have crossed over the river, over the bridge. And it was an ice storm. It was bad, bad. The river was bad up. I mean, I thought about him falling in it. I could see him seizuring it and falling in it. Mm. I mean, I thought that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought, yeah. I mean, it was a, it was really bad. You, I mean, it was a bad ice storm. It was bad when he went missing. That's yeah, why but, it's, it, I think about him walking the railroad tracks as icy as it was, or I don't know. I overthink a lot of things, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's just put this on the record then. So Billy tried calling you. He tried calling his grandmother. Uh, is there any uh, proof that maybe he tried to call his brother, Dusty, who I understand actually maybe even lives a little closer to Brian than you two did? Is there that he might have tried to call him? Does Has Dusty ever told you anything like that? No, Dusty never said anything about Billy calling him. Okay. Uh, in the past, had uh, Billy ever called Dusty to pick him up? At all? No, Dusty don't, didn't drive. He would just go there. <laughs> okay. So there's no chance that Dusty could have come and picked uh, um, Billy up anyway, even though Dusty doesn't live far away from Brian's, even though it is possible maybe that Billy, you know, he wanted to get out of Brian's house drunk or whatever, maybe figures walking back to your grandmother's, your mother's is too far, walk to the brother's instead. Possible. Well, I mean, he might have walked to Dusty's, but uh, Dusty was like my mom. When Billy got real drunk, he didn't like to be around him either, you know what I mean? Because he would always start fights and stuff. Uh, I mean, he's had to throw him, you know, make him leave before, you know? I mean, it's just Billy. That's how Billy was. He just got, he couldn't handle him sometimes, you know? Uh, when you were doing this, and I know that, you know, we'll get maybe into a little bit of it. I don't want to dignify these rumors with too much attention because I, I think that that's all they are, rumors. But any credible sightings of Billy at all that night? Somebody who actually went to the police and said, you know what, I saw this guy walking on the streets that night. Anything like that from February 7th into February 8th? Yeah, there was a lady that said uh, they she seen Billy. And there was a Hispanic man following him, uh, like right across the street, like catty cornered between C. Billy went missing between D and C Street on Ross Avenue. Between C and B Street is the uh, like Senior Citizen Center. And uh, a lady said she seen Billy uh, in the parking lot. He come up master where Cincinnati was, like he was confused. Um. And uh, she said a Hispanic man was watching him. She told the police that. Uh, Another lady said that she seen Billy in a government building coming down the escalator. Um, 
and then uh, that night. No, not that night though. Surely a government building wouldn't be open at two or three in the no, morning. No, not that night. Okay. Just like right after he went missing, oh, okay. they seen him. Okay. And uh, and also like around that time he went missing, some lady said she seen Billy standing on the corner of Main Street in Millville at a uh, at a crossing light. She uh, she said he he was wearing a uh, like a wife beater shirt they call them tank top it's mm-hmm. short sleeve yeah and that he was freezing and he seemed disoriented and that's just that there are only three sightings that I know that people said they've seen him and did the police look and into all those? of them uh, the police looked in all that yeah mm-hmm. as far as I know they did yeah. Well, somebody did say, too, up in Middletown, they seen him at a speedway. And I believe they checked all the, the cameras in all those places, and, and, and they didn't see Billy. Okay. Did the police talk to Brian? Yes. He's been, uh, had lie detectors tests and stuff taken a few times, I believe. They were always inconclusive. Inconclusive, maybe... Not totally truthful, not totally lying either. Somewhere in between, I guess, is what that means. Yeah, that's what they always told me, that they were inconclusive. And given that he's into drugs and, like you said, maybe he's not, doesn't have his complete mental health either, you know, lie detector tests are, 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 I don't know how accurate they can be with somebody like that. Yeah, that's basically what they said, too. (laughs) Okay, were the police able to track down... Anybody else, like I already asked you, but the police themselves ever able to prove that anybody else besides Brian and Billy were at Brian's house that night? No, I don't think so. They don't really tell me much, but I do know that anything that I tell them, I believe they check out. Even the far-fetched stuff. Okay, right. And you have told me uh, some stories that I I would say are a little uh, far-fetched. So... Uh, the next day, within that next week, you had 180 people out there doing the search. They searched the river, which would have been between Brian and Dusty's house. Uh, anybody, I know most of my listeners are very familiar with uh, this phenomenon that exists out there where a lot of drunk people, mainly young men, end up in rivers. There's a whole conspiracy theory out there regarding this. I don't particularly buy into it, but I have no proof either way. But it does seem that a lot of... Uh, people who are drunk, especially young people, do end up drowning or ending up in rivers. So it makes total sense that they would check that out, but they never never found anything. No, no, no proof at all. Okay, no evidence at all that that Billy could have gone into any body of water, let alone uh, that river. Uh, I want to ask you uh, a little bit about Billy's phone again. You've already, you already mentioned it, but I want to go over it again. Brian called you the next morning uh, saying, hey, Billy left his phone here, and you got it. You said that it seemed like some numbers were missing out of it. Why did you think that exactly? Well, I just figured, like, uh, he would have more numbers than that. I mean, I've thought about this because when we talked before. Okay. I mean, did he did Billy delete these numbers? Because some of these people were people that he would drink with. You know what I mean? Uh, but I just felt like there's – like there was people he went to church with and like Billy always had numbers of people in his phone, you know, it just seemed like there should have been more numbers. I don't know why, but I it just, there was, wasn't a lot of numbers and I just felt like there should have been more. 
I, I don't know why I think that, uh, you know, but I, how many numbers were in like there? How, how, he many was num- real wor- how many I were mean, in there? I, I, I can't even really remember, but not very many. I want to say mine, you know, Dusty's, my mom's, my mom's cell phone, uh, you know, Ollie, David Grubb, uh, I, 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 maybe like a couple more. I mean, I always thought he would keep like certain numbers, like people he used to work with and, you know, but I do know that he was trying to get away from those people. So, you know, maybe just deleted them all so you wouldn't have no contact with them. I really don't know. I wish I did know, but I just found that odd that I thought that there was, should have been more numbers in there, but I could be wrong. So you're saying maybe like around 10 saved phone numbers, maybe 10. Uh, yeah, if that, I don't even think that. The police have the phone, uh, but it just, I just, there was not like a lot of people that I thought he would have in there, you know, like there were like girls and stuff that he's been with and stuff. I mean, he used to have all that stuff in his phone, you know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I never really looked at any of his other phones, but I I just thought he would have more numbers than that, but I, I could be wrong, you know. I, okay. Okay. Um, when you looked at his phone, did you see the last phone calls that he made, uh, I guess twice to you and once to your, your mother's, did you see those in his call history when you looked at his phone? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. That's how I knew what the times was that he called. That's how I knew when he called my mom and then me again. Okay. And, and I know he, that he texted uh, like a boy on the 30th or 31st of January, which his name was Jeremy. And I, I even called him. And when he, whenever I, when they called him from Billy's phone, he's like, Hey, Billy, you know what I mean? And, you know, I told him I was looking for Billy. He said he hadn't talked to him since January 31st. So this guy didn't even know that Billy was missing. Uh, no, because this was all at the beginning, you know, oh, okay. like a couple, within a couple of days, you know, I was still looking for Billy. This is when it all first started. Okay. Uh, do you know, I mean, we know that Brian ended up having Billy's phone, but did the police ever go about uh, trying to ping his phone to see if Billy, you know, had gone somewhere and, you know, maybe come back or, or did, do you, do you even know? I don't, I really don't know. I don't, I don't think so because I had the phone. I really don't know though. Okay. Did he leave, did, did Billy that. leave anything else at Brian's? Not that I know of. So he didn't leave, um, his wallet. Did you ever find his wallet? Nope. He should have his wallet. I mean, I, when he left here, he had like a thin jacket on cause he never really like dressed for winter. He wouldn't dress in a winter coat. He's always been that way. He's. Um, my mom said he had a red j- jacket on and jeans and uh, like his skater shoes. I, he's has so many of them. I don't know if they were white or black, but they were a skater type shoe that he has. Or like starter shoes that comes from Walmart. Or, but uh, and that's all I really know. You know that he. But Brian told that he had a gray. A coat on with fur around the hood. So I don't know where that came in. My mom said he had a red jacket on when she dropped him off. So what you're saying is that if he did go for a walk that night, maybe, and you had portrayed that night as being very harsh 
Ohio uh, February night. Um, he probably might not have been dressed for the elements that well. Yeah, he wouldn't have been dressed for it at all. I mean, I've thought about him walking and, and freezing, you know what I mean? And that's why, you know, when we were searching, I, I mean, even after the big search, I continued searching in abandoned homes and stuff around there. Because I think, well, maybe you wouldn't abandon home, you know? Uh, I mean, I searched and walked all over that west side. I mean, every day I was there. The woods, I've, I've walked so many places. I got tips, you know, people knew things. I've, I've walked into drug houses. I then people didn't, I don't believe me where Billy was. I just think people were just telling me things, you know, sometimes. I really don't know, but that's how I feel now that I look back on things. I think people just want to act big a lot of times. They they tell the same story, which some of it's so ridiculous. It's, Did Mike Bowman, uh, this is the guy that Billy told, you know, at least his grandmother where he was going uh, that e- that day, that evening. Of course, Billy didn't end up there. Um, has Mike, Mike Bowman ever made any comments to you or the police or your mother uh, about Billy going there? Did he even know that that was Billy's kind of lie for that day? Does he ex- ever expressed? Uh, I mean, he he must have known Billy decently if Billy was, you know, even to mention uh, Mike. Has Mike ever offered up any theories as to what happened to Billy? Uh, no, I've never talked to Mike personally. Uh, but uh, they they said that you know he said he never seen Billy and Billy never he never talked to Billy he never knew Billy was coming there. I mean, that's what I've heard. Okay. And let's go back to Brian. You had mentioned this once again earlier that maybe we need to explain this a little bit more. Is that you had said that uh, Brian's place house at the beginning of the month he was maybe getting a a, a government check or something like that. Um, people would know when to show up at his place to party or get drugs. And it was the beginning of the month. Um, That's that when was he a- had people come. Yeah. yeah. Cause they knew he had money. He would throw a party. I mean, I've seen that, you know, from where I used to bring him money at the beginning of the month that there would be people, you know, hanging around. I, I didn't know him, but I've seen a few people there. Yeah. And once again, you've never heard uh, anybody though, despite, what you said and what you've seen yourself about people going over to Brian's to party, to get drugs at a certain time. Um, still none of those people have ever come forward. If they, any of them were at Brian's house to say, yeah, I was there and I saw Billy still to this day, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Okay. Did the police ever look in Brian's house at any point just to see if, um, or apartment to see if there's any violence Looked like something was broken, anything like that. Yeah, they uh, they went and looked in his apartment, and said, and they said they didn't seem like there was a struggle or or anything. You know what I mean? So yeah, they they've checked him out pretty good, Brian. They have. And has being that um, once again back at the time you were dating, and we're going to talk about Jeff just for a moment here in a bit, but. Um, has Brian ever expressed an opinion as to what happened to Billy? No, he just says that he, uh, they drank, 
played on the computer, played cards, and he fell asleep until he covered him up and locked his door and left. Was out. Left his phone. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, Dusty, uh, Billy's brother, we've talked about him a couple times. Um, had you ever known uh, Billy to ever walk to Dusty's during a night of partying and drinking or anything like that in the past? Oh, yeah. I mean, different places Dusty's lived. I mean, Billy was closer, you know, to to him. But, yeah, he's always went to Dusty's house. I mean, they're they're real close. He's, you know, I mean, Dusty's had to run him off because of his drunkenness a few times. But he uh, he's went to Dusty's house uh, many times. He usually goes there to crash, really. But uh, and being that he is your son, Dusty is uh, he has he ever expressed an opinion on what could have happened to Billy, knowing him the way he did? Well, I mean, we both, you know, wonder if Billy got drunk and hurt somebody or got in a fight with somebody. I mean, that's that's what Billy does when he gets drunk. But it's, I mean, I really don't know. You know, I know Billy's you know, picked on people. I mean, Dusty's told me different things, you know. I know Billy has gotten drunk and slept with people's old ladies. Uh, he's told me that. I mean, I found a few things out I didn't know about Billy since he went missing. But, uh, I mean, mainly Billy gets drunk and picks on people it's when he gets far drunk. He's, he's intolerable. But, and- I mean, he hears this. Dusty here's the same rumors I do, and it's just ridiculous rumors. And you did say that Brian uh, was kind of a loner. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, basically he's a loner. I mean, like I said, at the beginning of the month, when he, everybody knows he has a little bit of money, I mean, he liked to have people over, but they all in all, Brian was kind of a loner. I mean, he he just sat in that house, I mean, he and just drank. I mean, he could sit there and drink by himself. You know, he really didn't need nobody. Uh, to drink with him, but uh, he, I, I seen he was like kind of addicted to being online and stuff after he got the computer. But I, that's what I know of Brian just sitting in that house all the time. He never really went far. I mean, he only places I ever really knew him ever ever going was to the Salvation Army to eat lunch. I mean, he had his thing he did every day and ways he did things, you know. But uh. As far as I know, he basically was home a lot by himself, except for around maybe on a Friday night or the beginning of the month, whenever he, people knew he was going to have money. What's Brian doing now? Um, I really don't know. I last I heard he was homeless. Um, uh, he uh, was living in the woods, as far as I know, which he shouldn't be. I mean, he... I don't know who his pay is now, but they he shouldn't be living in the woods. He sure could afford a place to live. I don't know if that's what he chooses or but he's definitely uh not right. I mean he's definitely not right. I've heard people's told me they you know, he he sits on I I, I get benches with Billy and other missing people. These little benches that sit on the side of the road to advertise. Yeah. And uh I mean people's told me he's laid on them benches and cried and sat and drank on them benches. 
they even actually took the benches down off of Main Street or High Street because he would lay on them with Billy's picture on them. They actually removed the whole bench so he couldn't sit on it. <laughs> now, Brian's brother, Jeff, who, of course, you knew very well. Uh, you two were an item at one time. Um, not Don't want to get into your private life, but you knew uh, you know, Jeff very well. Um, did he ever express an opinion about Billy? Um, if you could say what were his opinions of his brother, Brian, you know, anything regarding um, any of that? Yeah, he, he said, you know, Brian, Brian never did nothing to Billy, you know, Brian gets picked on, you know, I mean, which is the truth. That's what I know of Brian. I've never known Brian to hurt anybody or anything. But he don't think Brian knows what happened to Billy. He thinks he's telling the truth. I mean, I just overthink things and I just, I don't know because I don't know, you know what I mean? And Brian's who I have to pick on and ask and over and over. And I don't know if Brian feels guilty because my son went missing from his house or if he does really know something i just don't know so jeff thinks that something happened maybe jeff or uh, billy walked out just as brian says billy walked out of there and something happened but it had nothing to do with brian that's kind of what jeff's opinion is yeah you already uh talked about this but i would like to talk uh about it again you talked about taking a lot of risks to trying to figure out what happened to billy um can you maybe tell the listeners a couple of your experiences, the links you've gone to? Um, well, I started out putting uh, posters all over town. From there, I'd get tips and some of, uh, you know, people would tell me things. And then I would go to the person that told me, and then they would take me to the person that said, and I... I've went into drug houses on a Sunday morning and I mean, I've, I've walked in there, the door shuts. I mean, and they tell me a story of Billy, you know, walking through the woods and being lured by a girl and they wanted to rob him and, uh, they beat him up and, you know, he's seizured and they done something with the body. I've, uh, I've went to a, in a few of those houses. Uh, I went into a lot of houses and people I didn't even know, which, you know, after I got in there, I thought, wow, I didn't care, though. I, I, at the beginning of this, I was so fearless. I I, I kind of stepped back and looked things now, but uh, I had a girl tell me uh, he was at this uh, fishing place that used to have a fishing pond. I didn't know this girl from Adam, but I, I knew that I, when I, I was going to go there, nobody wanted me to go. And any time I ever went to some of these places, I would always call and leave a voicemail to the police to tell them who I'm leaving with. And if I, if, you know, so they would know where I was. <laughs> and I mean, I've walked with people I didn't know so many times through fields, to fishing holes. Uh, I mean, it's kind of scary uh, to go out, like even in the woods with somebody you don't yeah, know. Sure. But, you know, because I was thinking this, because, I mean, a girl lured my son. You know what I mean? Is what this one of the rumors was. Yeah. So here I am going with this woman. 
into the woods, and I'm thinking when she gets me by this tree line, I'm thinking somebody's going to come out at me. I mean, I'm prepared to swing. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm lucky. Nothing ever happened. I mean, these people are really trying to give me information. But, uh, you are, you, you really, I, got, I mean, I guess to boil this down, you've really put yourself in a little bit of danger. Not that anything happened to you, but you put yourself into circumstances that had something happened, you know, maybe your, your life could have been in danger too. Well, yeah, I look back on it when, when I was doing it, I wasn't, I mean, I, there was a rumor he came out of the student's house and I mean, I went straight, knocked on his door. I've knocked on people's doors and even, and you know, and I found out later that it, it wasn't even Billy they seen. I, I mean, I threatened this one boy, um, and he wouldn't even come down and talk to me because he knew I was so angry. And and this one part, there was a boy that looks kind of like my son, and his name's Billy. <laughs> huh. And I, I, people were seeing this boy. And once I seen a picture of this boy and my son, I mean, they did look a lot alike. The, little, the guy was a little bit bigger. And, I mean, they were that's who they were seeing. So I was going in all these drug houses. It wasn't even that. It wasn't even my son that you were seeing. They were seeing this other boy. The police actually staked out a place for a week, and it was not even my son this guy was seeing. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that what I've been through, which is, you know, frustrating because I'm thinking it's my son. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, yes. besides that, uh, you know, uh, somebody else went missing in this area, a Caitlin Markham. And, uh, when she went missing, uh, the Texas Equisearch came to look for her. And that's whenever I hooked up with them. And they helped me search for Billy, too. They still will to this day. I'm a member of the Texas Equisearch. Um, yes, I knew that. Yeah. I, I just can't go right now search, help them. But I I am so grateful for them because they took my, that searching to a higher level for me. You know what I mean? Because they could bring in a lot more people and brought in more dogs and all that, and they uh, they really did the search with some with dogs and went all places that the police didn't go, and uh, which made my search way bigger. Mm-hmm. Besides that, I mean, I as far as like keeping my son out there, I I uh, have a bike run every year and I. I put his face and other missing people. It started out with just Billy, but I put him on these benches with other missing people. I keep flyers going. I keep a post office box. So if anybody wants to give me a tip, I keep that going. Uh, I did in a, a book, Letters to the Missing, because I just want people to understand what I go through. And it's, I can help somebody to understand or somebody with a missing, the the emotions. I, I mean, I just, if anything I can do to help my son and, and help somebody else too, that's, that's where I'm at right now. You and you and I had talked about something else. Not only is it the, the disappearance of your son, but dealing with all of the, the ugly rumors that the girl, those you you told me that those really can tear you apart emotionally too, and then of course on top of that, that none of them ever you know lead anywhere. It's just people talking. That's it's very difficult to handle as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, 
besides, you know, you heard he was lured and, you know, punched with brass knuckles or shot. I mean, I even had a news reporter tell me there was a hit in New Miami, and I was like, a hit? I mean, that sounds like Godfather stuff. I mean, my son is Italian, but my goodness, that's just, you know, ridiculous. But, you know, then the rumors flew from, from that little community, too. You know, there's supposedly some people, you know, did something to him and placed him somewhere on a property. But then there's a, you know, I could go on into crazy rumors. It's yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I yeah, mean, I don't, don't want to get into them because I don't want to dignify them. Uh, you know, we don't we don't want to be rumor mongers. And I, uh, what happens in a lot of these cases, especially when, you know, People who are doing drugs like Brian, is, you know, was and is probably now, and the other people were coming to his house. It seems to me in any disappearance where drugs are involved, people who are doing drugs, um, the rumors are just completely rampant. They're crazy, and for the rest of us who are sober and everything, there's it's no use trying to make any sense of them. They're so crazy. They are crazy. I mean, just just a week ago, I heard. A, a crazy one again you know what i mean it, yeah. it's basically the same rumor with it's like i said it's it's horror movie stuff and it's yeah. just to me really not when this back then though when i heard them i mean when you sit and vision those things and thinking that's your baby you know what i mean that's my kid you're talking about i mean that's horrible I mean, and then I sit and think, my gosh, you can't sit and dwell on this dead because you don't know. So you need not to listen to this. Until I know exactly what happens to my son, I need to not listen. I need to listen to it, but don't believe it until I find out what really happened. Right. I mean, I need to not take it all to heart. You know, I mean, and it's really hard whenever everything's yeah. taken to heart when you're, when you're one goes missing because you grasp at everything. You know what I mean? Any yes. little thing you grasp at. Yes. I've, I've, I took a step back a little bit. I, I think it helped because my mom was sick and I had to take care of her. And I got these kids. They've helped me big time. But I was really crazy at the beginning. And I think that's like most people. I, I mean, I yes, wear a shirt every day with my son's picture on it. And I have since 2011. Every day, every every shirt I've ever, ever I have I've gave away all my other shirts because there's no other one to wear. I got sweatshirts, t-shirts, everything. Jackets with Billy on the back of them. I mean, I'm a walking billboard. I've got magnets on the side of my car, uh, my mom's car, uh, Jeff's truck, everything. I, I've got magnets on any vehicle I own. Uh, I I there I got posters in my windows and my Jeep, not just a billy of other missing people too. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. I really it's crazy the missing person in this little area. There's a lot of missing people around here, not just Billy. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just I'll just do whatever I can, and and if I can keep his face out there, his name out there, and that's what uh, keeps it, you know. Uh, going is keeping his name out there because people still talk. When I have that bike run, I get a T-shirt and it, it has it don't have Billy's picture on it, but it, you know it has his name. And in seven years, I've put close to seven hundred T-shirts out. 
and that I run into people in stores with t- those t-shirts on, and, and people even call me and tell me. And it might be the same rumor that I've always heard, but you know what? People are talking to other people because of them t-shirts. They know. They do talk. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I didn't even think of that t-shirt being a godsend to me, but they are. It, I think of flyers as gold. They're like gold to me. I don't even, you know, if somebody drops one, I'm picking it right back up, you know. <laughs> uh, a flyer is like gold to me. And I continue to put those out. I haven't as much as, since I've been going through with this, my mom being sick and stuff. But uh, I continue to keep him out there. And I got the benches still in this town and on Coleraine Avenue. I'm, I'm, I've got 14 benches. And uh, and I keep them. I try to keep them all going. Sometimes they get some of them get took down, and I try to put them back up. And and that's what keeps Billy's face out here, and what keeps him keeps people talking. And uh, I'm grateful to the bill that bench billboard com- company. They they keep them up longer, you know, than what I pay for. I would never be able to afford those yearly. You had mentioned that uh, that you and Billy were featured in a, in a book or something, letters or, or something. Why don't you tell the listeners uh, about that? Uh, it was called uh, Letters to the Mist, and I think they did two editions. I was in the first one. And uh, what it was is we just wrote a letter to our loved one. And I just wrote a letter and told him how grateful I was that he was my kid and what I missed about him and what I've done to help look for him. and. It's, it's a beautiful letter. I think I got the longest letter in the book. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise me, Debbie. I, you, I, I, you know, I, I understand that. I, uh, yes, uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. That doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, is that something the that the list, Yeah, is is that something that the listeners uh, might find on Amazon or or what? Where is that? Yeah, uh, they can find it on Amazon. It's just letters to the missing. Uh, I, I know there's two editions. I'm in the first one. And a lot of people that you probably might even know of is in that book. I'm, you know, I'm grateful to be in that book. A lot, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm sure some of the people that's in that book, you've probably heard of their cases. I'll have to look it up. I will check it out. But yeah, that's, I've done that. I've done a, like a, another blog radio show before. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I've, uh, believe it or not, uh, even, uh, John April from the band Stain even sent me money to help me with this. Right? And I didn't wow. even know that he was even in that band until he sent me the email. Huh. And, Is and, he from uh, that area or how did that come about? Well, uh, he was on my Twitter feed, a musician. And I, on my Twitter, I, I was telling jokes and stuff. And when I got Facebook, I he come over to the Facebook, and I never really knew who he was. I knew he was a musician and stuff. And uh, then when Billy went missing, uh, I got an email saying, you know, he was John April from the band Stained, and he wanted to help me out. And I was just amazed by that. Somebody I don't even know. Do you have a Facebook page for Billy? Oh, for Billy. I'm sorry. Yes, I have a few Facebook pages for Billy. Uh, I have Missing William D. Silvestro. 
And then I have the Ride to Bring Billy Home page. And then I think I even a, somebody made a prayer page for Billy for me. But I have a few pages for Billy, yeah, in groups and stuff. I have a group where we uh, talk about things, you know, people tell me stories of Billy, funny stories and stuff. You know, it's pretty cool. Like, I tell a story of him when he I was trying to get him off the bottle, you know. He kept throwing his bottles out the window huh. in the car rides. And I told him, you know, when that last bottle goes, there ain't no bottles. <laughs> and he threw it and... He never had a bottle again. <laughs> but uh, it's just, I I try my best just to keep my son's name out there, anything I can. And like I said, I'm grateful for people like you that wants to help people like me. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome, Debbie. You're welcome. Is there any uh, final words uh, before we conclude this interview, Debbie? Well, I I think that uh well I like I want to thank everybody that's helped me and thank everybody for listening to my story. Uh, I thank you. Uh, other than that, I I think the missing is a bad thing in this country, and I think something different needs to change. You know, uh, about getting information out, uh, about you know like a the Smolenskis in Connecticut. Are you familiar with her case? Yes. I'm, uh, I know, yes. You know, she started Billy's Law. You know, she's trying to get that going. And that's where they link up, you know, data systems together because every data system has their own missing person thing. You know what I mean? And she just, you know, wants to link them up. And that's a good thing. And something like that needs to happen. And I, I think it would help with uh, identifying people and stuff like that she's a good she's a hero of mine she helps me get up listening to her her stuff because uh, she's went through this way longer than me and some of the things I've seen her talk about like uh, when somebody goes missing you know your world gets so turned upside down like mine is like I'm stuck in 2011 I'm still there, but I have come to know that I have other people in my life that needs my love, too. You know what I mean? Those people do get kind of pushed to the side. And if I can say anything, any of those people out there has a missing love, and don't forget the ones that you have at home. Yes. Because they do, they're suffering right along with you. You know what I mean? I'm grateful for my grandkids. They've helped me through this. Uh and just people like you, the Texas Echo Search, uh, that wants to put my story out. And I'm grateful to the police. They've uh, put a new detective on my case, which the other ones are still on there, too. But he's, like, took it from the beginning and starting over. And, and I'm hoping he'll get answers for me. But uh, other than that, I appreciate you listening to my story. And I hope I can get something out of it. Debbie, it's uh, I can tell you it's been a pleasure to uh, get to know you and talk to you the last uh, few weeks, and I know we're going to continue to communicate, uh, whether through Facebook or on the phone, you know, however you want to do it. All right, I'm not going anywhere. This is just 
I tell other guests this is just the beginning of us knowing each other. I, I keep in contact with every guest that's ever been on this program. And I so, that. so I think we're going to know each other for a long time. And I appreciate you being on this episode of Unfound. Thank you so much. I You're appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. And that was my interview with Debbie Estes, mother of Billy D. Silvestro. I thank her for joining me and all of you on this episode. Billy certainly had his demon, and I stated at the opening of this episode, did it come from nature or nurture? Did the alcohol unleash something that was already inside Billy, as in being something genetic? Or did Billy's behavior while drunk come from something outside? Meaning, was it some external factor? Hard to say. But the main point for us here in regards to his disappearance... Was it something inside Billy that caused him to disappear? A sort of demon? Depression? His seizures? His liver? Or was it another kind of demon? One from the outside? Brian Ketchum, for example. Or somebody else who was at Brian's that night? If, in fact, there was somebody else there? There are facts that can lead us in both directions. On one hand, Billy seemed to have tried to call his mother twice and his grandmother once. This could lead us to believe Billy disappeared on his own. Because if somebody were using his phone, this seems overtly laborious if somebody was pretending to be Billy. Could somebody have done something to Billy after those calls? I suppose. But those calls were probably made because Billy needed a ride home. That leaves a very small window in which somebody chose to harm him. Not to mention that Brian called the next day to return Billy's phone. If he or somebody did something to Billy... Why return the phone at all? On the other hand, Billy isn't a picture of morality. and We have to remember that he had been trying to get Billy to come over to his house for months and seemed to be very zealous about it. Was this some type of luring? Did Brian want to do something to Billy? Maybe for something Billy did while drunk months or years before. It wouldn't be the first time somebody wanted to rough Billy up. So I have to admit, I'm up in the air regarding this one. I would need more information to decide either way. What I for sure don't believe are all the rumors that have circulated in Hamilton, Ohio since 2011. With that, I'll leave the rest of the theorizing up to you. And that's the program. If you found it informative, please go to the app that you use to listen to Unfound and give this podcast a five-star review. I thank you for listening. I'm Ed Denzel. And you've been listening to Unfound.